0: Hello, all my pretty little creepsters. This is Alexandra from Kansas City,
1: and you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks. Hey
0: y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings, 48. And you just heard Alexandra. Who, of course, did an amazing job. Uh, yes, she did. And she is one of our creepsters in the Creepinati. If you want to do an intro like she did, knock it out of the park like she did, go on over to www.patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast.
1: Okay, the first one is The Ghostliest Cockblock. I'm here for it. I mean, I'm not down with a cock block, but if it's a ghostly one...
0: Well, I'm not down with it, but I'm down to hear about it. I mean,
1: at least you got a good story out of it, mm-hmm. question mark? Mm-hmm. Hey, ladies. My grandma lives on the Italian Riviera in an apartment that her parents, my great-grandparents, bought in the 60s to retire in. My mom used to spend the summers there with her grandma in the 80s. And Grandma, I'll just call her Nana so I can stop throwing around all these grandmas. Nana is my great-grandma, my mom's grandma. Okay, so Nana was a super OG hard-ass, frugal to a fault, like off-the-charts nutty, wouldn't let my mom waste water on showers frugal. What? And, you know, traditional in the fun, slut-shaming way. Nana had a hard life.
0: I know exactly who you're talking about, sadly.
1: Anyway, fast forward to 2019. My grandma, who we call Kiki, lives there now, and she's none of those things.
0: How can you be those things if your name is Kiki? You can. I mean, let's have a Kiki.
1: I mean, and her great-grandmother's name literally had the word no in it. Very true. Okay, Kiki is generous and fun and can really put on the lampshade. I was there... With my boyfriend, we found cheap tickets and thought, fuck it, let's go. It's a one-bedroom apartment, so we were sleeping on an old IKEA mattress on the living room floor. Vacation! Luxury. The first few nights, we could not stay asleep. Jet lag, I guess. So, we were waking up around 2.30 a.m. and then twiddling our thumbs, watching Hell's Kitchen in Italian on TV. One of these nights, we wake up at 2.30ish, 3, and... And we were totally getting it on. I was on top of my boyfriend when I look up and I see the fucking shadow of a person in the glow from the nightlight that my grandma keeps on in the bathroom.
0: Oh, shit.
1: It was the perfect outline of a woman. And it was like the shadow itself was standing there looking at us as opposed to the shadow of a person casting a shadow from inside the bathroom. I hopped on down and covered up, and the shadow moved out of the light. The thing is, Kiki is always in slippers around the house. Me too. Always. And she shuffles loudly. Always. Her heavy bedroom door also makes a loud ka-klunk sound when it opens and closes. I did not hear her door open. I did not hear her shuffle. And I did not hear her go back to her room and close the door after the shadow stepped out of the light. Just dead silence. I got up to investigate. Like, maybe she just slipped into her room and left the door ajar for clunk reasons. But it was closed. You cannot open or close that door without making a loud sound. Maybe it was Nana thinking, surely this girl bouncing around on her boyfriend on my living room floor is not a descendant of mine. <laughs> anyway, that cured me of the horny for the rest of our trip, much to my boyfriend's delight. He didn't even see the shadow, and I don't think he believes me. That's all for now. One day, I'll write about how I spent the night in an abandoned building with the Ghost Hunters crew, plus John Zaffis, the Haunted Museum guys. Love you. Wait, 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 wait.
0: wait. You
1: said it cured you of the horny,
0: much to my boyfriend's delight.
1: I think she's being sarcastic.
0: Oh, okay. I thought we were going to have to put on... Our therapist hats that we have no education to back up, but to say like, boyfriend, you should not find that delightful.
1: Yeah, right. You
0: should find that very, very frightful. Well, this next one says, Donna, please read. So, okay. (laughs) Then it says haunted bridge story. Not really. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Is this me writing it? So I've been wanting to write Donna a bridge story. So here it is. Coming to you live from California. So I had a co-worker who told me this story. She went on a school field trip in high school to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Side note, I have been there, y'all. While she was there, this kid in her class, I forgot his name, let's call him John, was like, dare me to jump off? And then literally jumped off the bridge. <gasps> which is over a 200-foot drop into freezing cold water. Holy shit! Surfer swam to rescue him, and he survived with minor injuries. He had a broken tailbone and a torn lung, but only really complained about feeling sore after the jump. There's only been 25 people recorded who have survived after jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, and I guess John is one of them. By the way, not BTK, lol you ladies are awesome. Literally every day I get to work and put in my headphones and just listen to your podcast all day. Berlina. Wow. Also,
1: thank you for listening.
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening. Holy shit. And is John not me? Like I'm like, dare me to do this. And before you even say like, no, because it's usually something I want to do. And that will embarrass you. I do it.
1: But not jump off a fucking bridge. Well, no,
0: because then it's water underneath
1: that have fish in it. And he literally is every parent thing. If John jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, would you? <laughs>
0: yes.
1: No, Mama wouldn't.
0: <laughs> well, he has a torn lung. <laughs> well, Mama, that's not a thing. Well, it is now.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> okay, this one is Little Girl. Hello. Hello. So, last night, I posted in the Facebook group trying to find out if anyone died in your house. The reason for this was my grandma told me a story about my dad's house. A little backstory on this house. It was built around 1925, and it's on Historic Main Street, my hometown. This house is about 6,000 square feet and has three stories. And what the Coliseum is going on here? (laughs) Really? I mean, it's a fucking castle. Castle. Why'd I say it like that?
0: What it's six
1: thousand square feet. Three stories. Does it have a fucking uh chairlift?
0: <laughs> right.
1: What are those chair on well, the stair stair lift?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Or a fucking elevator. I'm not schlepping up those stairs. Bottom floor we call the basement because it's three feet below ground. But it isn't technically a basement because I live in South of Louisiana and we don't have those. Thank goodness. Anyway, when I lived there, my bedroom was in the quote basement. Every night, I would take a bath in the bathroom in the laundry room. I would run to my room every night after I got out of the tub because I always felt an older man presence. He never did anything. I could just feel him. Now, on the third floor where both of my sister's rooms were, apparently there is a little girl up there. My sister says she always felt her up there, and before she went to sleep, she would always push her chair in and put her phone on the desk. And when she would wake up in the morning, the chair would be pulled out and her phone would be moved. But that wasn't it. She said she also would see her out of the corner of her eye walking past the mirror. Uh uh-uh. uh. To top it all off, her friend was doubting, mocking the little girl one day, and they went outside to play on the swings when my sister's friend went to jump off the swing, and all of a sudden, she fell forward as if someone pushed her. I wish I could find out more information on that little girl. I will update y'all if I get any more information or stories. Love y'all. Emily. Whoa.
0: Also, like how Carrie's like, don't mess with my sleep, or don't fuck with my sleep, whatever you say. Don't fuck with my phone's battery because I need it to charge. Don't
1: move it. I need it to charge. How old am I that I was picturing like a house phone with a cord? Oh, maybe that's what she
0: meant too. I don't know. Like a doop, doop, boop, boop, boop kind of phone. Why would she place
1: that on her desk? Because maybe it had a long cord. And it was, I don't know, I'm picturing this girl, like, in the 80s. Or the 90s. Like, she's, like, lazy. She, like, has a long cord. She brings the phone to her bed and, like, talks on it and then goes and puts it up.
0: If she was lazy, she would just put it on
1: the floor. Why is she lazy?
0: You said she was lazy.
1: Laying. Oh. (laughs)
0: Just because you,
1: you never fucking lay down. <laughs> you really don't. Donna will sit up anyway. Like, she'll be, I'll be like, just like lay down, like chill out. And she's like, no, I'm comfortable just sitting here on this hard brick.
0: <laughs> I can't help it. I got a lot of cushion. This next one says, have I got a paranormal story for you? Oh, yes. Hi, ladies. My name is Mercedes. I'm 28 years old and I'm from Indiana. I love the podcast, and I've been binge-listening to it nonstop since I found it. You two are hilarious, and you get me laughing so hard. I must look crazy to people in traffic when I randomly burst out laughing with nobody else in the car. Anyway, I will tell you the first strange thing to ever happen to me. It happened when I was in kindergarten. A little prequel before getting into it. I have a narcolepsy, which can come along with all different sensory hallucinations, and I have sleep paralysis quite often. Symptoms didn't truly start until about seven years ago. The reason I say this is because I know the difference between these explanations and what happened then. I also was not allowed to watch scary movies or much of anything. I grew up Pentecostal. If you don't know what that is, they are called holy rollers. Speaking in tongues, no cutting your hair, dresses or skirts, not pants, no makeup, among other rules, and no TV. However, my family had a TV and we watched limited channels. Again, nothing scary. The first scary movie or TV show I ever watched was when I was 14 years old. I digress. So, getting into the story. I was about six years old, lying in the bed and staring at the ceiling. My small bed was against the inner wall with the headboard next to the door. My parents were in their room on the other side of the house, and my baby brother was in his crib. We had no animals at the time because the landlord didn't allow pets. We got one later on and hid it from him, but that's another story I will send another time. While lying there in my bed, I felt a hand run its fingers through my hair. I mean,
1: again, if a ghost is going to fuck with me, please play with my hair.
0: I felt that it came from under my bed, not above me. I thought, why would my mom or dad get on the floor to check on me? Oh my god. Then it grabbed a handful of my hair. Okay, now it's getting to my level. Next, I felt a hand slowly put its fingers around my ankle. Uh Uh-uh. I gasped and curled up in the fetal position. It definitely wasn't one of my parents. I slowly got closer and closer to the wall because I was thinking if I looked through the crack between my bed and the wall, whoever it was wouldn't see me. When I finally looked, I saw a black solid shadow with two red eyes looking at me. I didn't see any features other than those eyes. It turned and started crawling from under my bed. I turned around and I stood on my bed. The shadow stopped and sat in the middle of the room staring at me. I felt the malice coming from the shadow. I looked over and my baby brother was sleeping. I wanted to scream for my mom and dad, but I got in trouble before for waking my brother, so I didn't. I got up as much courage as I could, and I jumped from my bed to the door and ran as fast as I could to wake my parents up. Yes, I left my helpless baby brother alone with this thing. I'm a horrible big sister.
1: I mean, he was asleep. I mean, but, I mean, what you gonna do? Go pick him up and then schlep him to your parents' room? You Hell get in no. trouble for waking them up again. Exactly. So you had to do what you had to do. Mm-hmm.
0: The lesser of two evils, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Red-Eyed Demon, take your brother. Your parents get mad at you for waking him up.
0: (laughs) I mean, he basically volunteered his tribute.
1: Uh, Exactly.
0: It was like, hey, stay asleep if you are okay. Okay, you're, you're cool. Okay, bye. When they got to the room, whatever or whoever it was, was gone. I was crying and couldn't believe that they told me it was a dream. It wasn't a dream. I was awake. I could not sleep lying flat on my back until I was 12 years old. I could not sleep lying flat on my back until I was 12 years old. I was terrified it would happen again. To this day, I can't sleep unless my feet are covered by at least a sheet. I can't explain what this was or why it never happened again. When I experienced hallucinations, they are short and never as real or scary as this. Sleep paralysis is not an explanation either as I moved my great grandfather, who was a Pentecostal preacher, believed it was a devil or a demon coming for me, since children are the easiest targets. And you left your brother alone in the room? Again. I mean, is your brother actually a demon then? Did he inhabit your brother? Changeling. Damien. <laughs> I am not religious at this point of my life, and even as a child, I had questions. So I don't believe that. You can believe what you will, but it was and likely will always be the most terrifying experience of my life. I have many more scary stories and some true crime stories for you later. I hope you enjoyed this one for now. Thank you, ladies, for making me laugh and giving me a good scare. I look forward to listening to you more.
1: Wow, Mercedes, that is so scary.
0: Fucking terrifying.
1: Okay, this one is The House on Earl Avenue. Hello, my beautiful babes, your friendly neighborhood witch here to give out some fall advice and tell you guys about my grandma's house in an email where I won't feel so bad to write as much. I do want to explain first that in my family, most of the females are capable of sensing spirits in some way. My mother, although, is better at it with animals than humans, but it's reversed with me. I guess it's kind of strange to some people living with spirits on the daily and knowing when there is one nearby, but I've been stuck with it. Not that it's a bad thing, but it can freak me out sometimes when I'm typing and someone decides to crawl along the floor just to fuck with me. Do I even have to explain which spirit it is anymore?
0: No, it's a shadow man that likes us.
1: That wanted to come visit us.
0: Keep him there. We, we don't We mm-hmm. don't want a creepy crawly. Mm-mm. I haven't watched any of the Spider-Man. I don't like creepy crawlies.
1: So I think I will start off with my grandma's house and how freaking insanely haunted it is. Luckily, only good spirits, so no bad entities are capable of coming through. My grandma has many spirits who come to visit her time to time through the cellar, but even before it became the house it is now, it looked much different when it was bought. My grandma and grandpa had just had my aunt and my mother was still quite young. They wanted to find a place to call home so they wouldn't constantly be ending up on the streets and homeless again. Living in their car time to time was tough on two little babies.
0: Oh Oh my gosh.
1: My grandma explained how when they went house shopping, they had looked at countless houses. This one wasn't even the one they had originally planned to get. But the moment my grandparents stepped foot on the property, my grandma knew there was something special. Something, well, homey. I
0: swear that's how all the scary stories start. Hopefully, I mean, this one sounds better than that. But, you know, like, we were looking and it just came out of nowhere. Yes. You know, I felt that attraction to this house. I was
1: driving past it and saw it and just had to stop. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The house itself is shockingly small. It's under a 1,000 square feet, I believe. My grandparents spent years upon years building on this house and creating what my grandpa loves to call a personal heaven. I believe it's due to the nature of my grandparents that the house called to them. It just seems to have a life of its own, even without all the spiritual stuff. There's just something about this house that nobody can really put a finger on. When my grandma worked at the local TV station in Sacramento, the cast loved to go to grandma's house to do segments on the show because of how the house felt. Now that's freaking cool. Everybody who stepped in the house gets this overwhelming feeling of relief, like something was just lifted off their shoulders that had weighed them down so hard that lots of people tend to break down crying in my grandparents' front doorway. It's happened more than once. They've come to mimic that feeling in their own auras, having lived with it for so long. Holy Hannah. People who have only gone there once seem to find their way back during times of intense stress in their lives. My mother's ex-boyfriends even show up and don't realize why they're there. But my grandparents always bring them in for a cup of coffee and talk and see what's wrong and feed them. It's like, honestly, I want to say the house is like a legit safe house that heals at the same time.
0: Can they open this up as a bed and breakfast? Because your girl needs one to be fed and two to be healed.
1: And three to have all the coffee. Talking
0: about me, not you,
1: Carrie. Well, just give me the coffee. (laughs) But also, there are so many ghosts, it's ridiculous. Once a little boy who had drowned stepped into my grandma's house through the portal, and it seemed like he had been dead for a while, but decided to travel a bit before moving on. And much to my luck, he chose grandma's when I had to work the next day. I got annoyed after three hours of him running back and forth in the kitchen that I hissed, can you not in the direction of the kitchen? Thank God my grandparents sleep well. It stopped until I turned over, that is. Then he ran towards me and stopped at my feet and stared at me. I knew what he looked like and he wasn't happy. I told him to stop. So he fucking stared at me, waiting for me to look at him, because I knew what he would look like because he showed me mentally first. Listen, I got freaked out. I absolutely fucking called out to my grandma's guardian spirit, Phoebe, to protect me. She did, but that scared me hard. Kid did good. I'll give it to him. He did damn good.
0: Fuck. Just like a kid to ruin
1: a nap. Also, but like, what do you look like?
0: Probably black with red eyes. Or like drowned. Oh, wet. <laughs>
1: oh. Oh, no, like drippy wet and ooh. Anyways, it's October 3rd when I'm writing this. Since Halloween Sawin is coming up, I figured I would write a little piece on Ouija boards. Under any and every circumstance you can come up with, do not create a makeshift spirit board with things like paper and shot glasses and stuff. Every time they show that in the movies and stuff, I just can't help but facepalm at the complete and utter stupidity of this. It's like the most insulting thing you can do to a spirit. And let me tell you, you don't want a bunch of pissed off spirits on your butt. Now, if you take the time to actually make a board with wood and put some heart into what you're doing, then it's much safer and you won't have anyone getting angry. If you want something fast and easy, just go buy one of them from Walmart or something. Most entities are used to this, and while it isn't extravagant, it's not paper you grab from your printer with a crappy pen from the junk drawer. Use it properly and you won't have any issues. Also, sprinkle some pink Himalayan salt around the board before you use it. You can get it from the dollar store. Just pour some in your hand and light a white candle. Close your eyes. Envision yourself pushing protection energy into the salt before surrounding the board. Extra protection. I hope you all have an awesome, spoopy season, and I'll send my first ever experience with a spirit later. Your friendly neighborhood witch, Emily. Wow. Yeah, that's terrifying.
0: I know someone who made their own Ouija board, and... Did not have good experiences. Was it shitty? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. This next one is called The Haunted Blankets. Hello, ladies. Before I get into my sinister story, I wanted to say thank you for being amazing. I love listening to all of your podcasts so much so that I became a total creepster. As the saying goes, go big or go home. So I went big. (laughs) Thank you for being my virtual best friends throughout the day. Also, thank you for being a total creepster. That is like the highest level of Patreon and that is like mind blowing.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Now onto the story. Well, this is actually the second writing of the story. I was done writing the story last week and right as I was going to save it, my laptop decided to be stupid and crash. And I know damn rookie move. I didn't save it as I was typing. So here we go with take two.
1: That is some shit that would happen to me. And you know what? I would have saved it the whole damn time and it still would have crashed and died. Yeah. And I would have lost it all. True story.
0: First, let me apologize for the beginning, maybe a tad boring. I promise it'll be worth it. I come from a large family, eight kids, two girls, and six boys. The order is boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, boy,
1: boy, boy. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Yes, all biologically related and no multiple births. I guess my parents were busy bees. So gross.
1: I mean, get these people a TV.
0: (laughs) I'm the oldest girl with my sister Katie being four years younger. I was the typical big sister always tormenting and scaring the shit out of my little sister. Yes. Side note, I am now 42 and I have quote unquote trained my sister's three boys to scare the shit out of her.
1: Oh, my God, yes. I love scaring people. I love being scared. I love watching people get scared. It's the funniest shit to me. (laughs) And, like, because you know how some people that love to watch people get scared hate to get scared themselves? Yeah. No, that shit's just as funny to me.
0: Yeah. Anyway, back to the story. This is probably the first paranormal event I can remember out of what would be many, many more When we were young, my grandparents, my mother's mom and stepdad, would just take us girls for a week in the summer. I would love these trips because it got us away from all the boys and gave me time with my beloved grandmother. This particular trip, I was probably around nine, and my sister would have been around five. We would be pulling the camping trailer and going camping in eastern Washington for the week. However, on this particular trip, we would be stopping at my grandmother's aunt's house So, my great-great-aunt for the night. My great-great-aunt was an older lady, probably in her 80s. I had never met her, so I was excited to meet her and spend the night. We arrived early in the afternoon. Her house was a typical old lady house, probably built in the 30s or the 40s. The house was very tidy, old furniture with handmade doilies, afghans and tablecloths, flowered wallpaper, and of course... The pink bathroom. I know. You all know what I'm talking about.
1: Uh Uh-huh. My grandma's house had a pink and a blue bathroom. A boys and a girls. Mm Mm-hmm. Talk about gender roles. The girls' bathroom was bigger.
0: My grandmother had Katie and I put our things in the guest bedroom. My sister and I would be sleeping in the guest bedroom, and my grandparents would sleep out in their trailer. The guest bedroom had two twin beds. As you're coming in the door, the wall to the left, had a long chest dresser with a lot of old black and white pictures as well as other old knickknacks. The objects on the dresser did kind of creep me out, but I ignored that feeling. Directly across the room from the door was the wall with two small windows. There was one bed that was against the wall with the nightstand in between and the other bed parallel to the first with the feet of the bed's facing in the dresser. My sister wanted the bed closest to the door, and so obviously I had the one against the wall. As the evening wound down, my grandmother had us girls get ready for bed. You know, pajamas, wash your face and brush your teeth routine. She tucked us in and said she would leave the light on until her and grandpa went out to the trailer. Katie and I just talked and giggled as little girls do until grandma turned out the lights. We did not have a nightlight, so it was pretty dark except the small amount of moonlight coming in through the window and the light coming through from underneath the door. As I'm just falling asleep, I hear my sister talking. She's saying, stop taking my blankets. I ignore her. Again, I hear her a little more irritated. Stop taking my blankets. This time I tell her, no one is taking your blankets. Go to sleep. She replies in a little whiny voice. I am telling mom, you're teasing me. So stop taking my blankets. I am facing the wall in my bed and I'm sure as hell not taking my sister's damn blankets off her bed. I glance over toward her bed and don't see anything. Of course, it's dark, but I didn't see anything. I say in a mumbled, sleepy voice, Katie, what's your mumbled, sleepy voice? Katie, I'm not taking your blankets. Please, go to sleep. (laughs) Again, this time, she is crying and sobbing. I am going to get Grandma because you won't stop taking my blankets and teasing me. At this point, I'm just plain irritated. I am tired, I just want my sleep, and my baby sister is being a whiny little freddy cat. I yank my blankets off of me, walk across the room to the light switch, which was by the door, flip the switch on. I was not prepared with what I was about to see. As I'm turning around, I see something. As the blanket is in midair, put the last fold in the blanket and lay it at the end of the bed. My poor sister is in the fetal position, just sobbing. These beds had a sheet, two blankets, and the bedspread. Each of these had been pulled off of her and folded neatly at the end of her bed. What the fuck? As I stood there, completely frozen, just staring at my sister, then back to the blankets. My sister figured out pretty quickly that it wasn't me. I looked at her and asked if she wants to sleep with me. She didn't even answer. She literally jumped to my bed. I didn't even think about turning that damn light off. I literally leapt across the room to my bed like the floor was hot lava. I had my sister against the wall so I could protect her from whatever that was. Another side note, only I could be mean to my little sister. Anyone or anything else has to deal with me. We eventually fall asleep. The next morning, as my sister and I go to the kitchen, Grandma asks how we sleep. We both look at each other and say, okay, I guess. Neither of us said a word. Who would believe a ghost took my sister's blankets off? Since that time, my grandparents and mother have passed away. We never told either of them about what happened. I had actually thought that maybe I'd dreamt it, and it never happened. Well, fast forward to about three years ago. Neither of us had mentioned the incident since that night. I'm chatting with my mom's cousin, Peg, and we are swapping paranormal stories. My mom's cousin is a medium. In fact, all of the women on my mother's side have abilities, including my sister and I and some of my brothers. I did not know any of this when I was little. I proceed to tell her the story. Then I finish with, maybe I dreamed it. She then proceeds to tell me that shortly before the aunt passed, Peg and her husband went to visit her. They had planned on staying in the house. Once Peg stepped out of her car and onto the property, she felt a horrible negative presence. She said there was no way in hell that she was staying a night in that house. There was definitely something there, and she believed what Katie and I experienced. About a year ago, Katie and I were talking about the shadow man that lives in her house, another story for another day, and I bring up that summer. I start with, I know you were really little, but do you remember when we went to great Aunt?" before I can even finish my sentence, my sister responds, when the ghost took my blankets, I ask her what she remembered and she remembered it exactly how I remembered it and she was unaware that I had talked to Peg about it. She had also thought she dreamt it, so it never brought it up. Ladies, it was not a dream, but what the hell was messing with my little sister, and why would it take the blankets off of a little girl? I know it's not the scariest of stories, but I hope you enjoyed it. I have many more experiences that I will write in about. Creep it real, Chandra.
1: Oh my god, no, that is creepy. Fucking creepy. Whew. Okay, so I'm a long-time listener, first-time Sinister Sightingser. By the way, my friends call me Rainbow because I'm gay as fuck, and I have been for the past 40 years. I don't mind you using my name because I don't give a fuck, who knows. BTW, I have the hugest crush on Donna, so damned cute and funny. I'm married, so please don't tell my wife because that bitch is crazy.
0: Oh my god, thank you.
1: Anywho, I am an African American slash Cuban slash Louisiana backwoods bayou female who is very close to certain members of my family. My immediate family, aka my mom and dad, are the only ones who have a problem with me being gay. They are super Christian and are sitting in the palm of Jesus' hands, so in their eyes, I'm a sinner banished to the depths of hell. You know, go into hell in a handbasket with gasoline drawers and a pack of matches. I chose to follow the philosophy of. Buddhism, so no worries there. Hell does not live in my future and if it did, I'd probably enjoy the debauchery. Anywho, on to the story. My maternal grandmother had passed when I was around three or four years of age. She was a descendant of American Indian and Cuban slaves who had been a resident of both Arkansas and Illinois. She was a stern, funny, benevolent woman who chewed snuff, spit in a sink a jar, and doled out harsh and hilarious advice, punishment, consequences to anyone who deserved such. In this story, I had to be around 11 or 12 years of age, and my family and I had a house full of family members as we were hosting a family reunion. I had been up since 4 or 5 in the morning and was feeling tired because, let's face it, kids— can't handle adult goings-on. I resigned myself to a nap in my room around noon and soon fell face down into a deep, if not short-lived sleep. I remember dreaming of my mom's mom, my grandmother, telling me to wake up and check the oven. I must have said some smart-ass shit like, they're in there, they can get it. She looked at me with a stern face and said, get your ass up. I didn't. I'm kind of a lazy asshole. The next thing I remember is both of my legs being raised about four or five feet into the air and falling down hard onto the bed. I jumped up and rushed into the kitchen just in time to stop the blackberry cobbler, my absolute favorite dessert, from burning to a crisp. I safely pulled it out and looked out of our kitchen window, which faces our patio, to see my grandmother looking at me like, bitch, I told you. I told my mom, but of course, she downplayed the matter and didn't even thank me for saving the cobbler. Ungrateful. I have had other experiences, but that was one of the funniest. Thank you, girls, for doing what you do. And Donna, if you ever come to the other side, I'll be waiting, (laughs) creep it real, and never get scared. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is great. You are so cute, Donna. I'm so cute. No, I'm not. Yes, you are.
0: I know. I'm cute. I'm adorable.
1: No, you're gorgeous and smart and funny and all the things.
0: I didn't say I wasn't funny. Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> Y'all tell her she's gorgeous.
0: I'm, I'm gadorable.
1: Gadorable? You're gorgeous and adorable. You're gadorable. You, you just created what? a new thing. No, I'm
0: adorkable. That's what I am. That's
1: true. And anyone that says adorkable <laughs> is a fucking dork. Adorkable. <laughs> you know, a dork is a whale's penis. Mm-hmm. We'll just have a whale of a good time.
0: <laughs> also, thank you for that story i love cobbler
1: uh who doesn't love cobbler and
0: i I love peach cobbler
1: can i get some ice cream with it i'll eat damn near anything with some fucking ice cream same that was a cute story though
0: yeah all right now here's a story to end on and it's an ambient story yes 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 good morning ladies as always y'all know i love the podcast and appreciate all of y'all's hard work so much I ran into my mother-in-law this morning at the local drugstore, and she looks at me and says, Valeria, he will never take Ambien again, and starts laughing. Here is what happened. Usually when my father-in-law takes Ambien, he talks about blue little lights flying around. And once my mother-in-law says that she sees them too, he rolls over and falls asleep. But that's not what happened last night. My father-in-law looked at my mother-in-law and says, I need to get all the metal out of you. It's going to make you sick. She looks at him like a deer in headlights. He went and grabbed his Bible out of the nightstand and kept rubbing his Bible all over her to get the metal out of her body. Oh, my God. She said she didn't know what to do. Then he started running his fingers through her hair and said, Oh, my, you have metal everywhere. We need to get it all out. I mean,
1: he was playing with your hair. What are you complaining about?
0: (laughs) He grabbed the Bible again and kept on rubbing all over her arms with it to get the metal out. She said the whole mess went on for over two hours. I am dying laughing typing this. (laughs) He looked at her and asked if she feels better with all the metal gone, and she says yes. He rolled over and went to sleep. She said she had never had to pee so bad in her life but was so scared to get out of bed because she didn't want to wake him up and deal with that whole mess again.
1: Oh, my God.
0: She didn't sleep all night because she was scared he'd get up and leave. Uh Uh-uh. See, Uh uh-uh. I just broke down laughing in the pharmacy. She said he was acting completely normal when she left for the doctors this morning, but he will hear all about it when she gets home. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoyed this as much as I did. Y'all seriously are the best. I don't think y'all realize how much more than just a podcast that y'all have created. Y'all created a supportive, safe place for people to share, vent, and make new friends. Y'all are amazing. Sincerely, V.
1: Oh, my God. That's amazing. He is getting an ear full, I bet. I mean, the Bible. (laughs) That's the thing about Ambien, though, is that, like, with all these stories, it's like nobody else gets sleep. You get sleep, but nobody fucking Mm -hmm. else does. Also, I would have, you know what my first thought was? When he ran his fingers through her hair, aside from, oh, my God, he's playing with her hair, I was like, if he fucking cuts her hair, oh my gosh, that was one of my first thoughts. Is of course you take it to the extreme. You say about a story when somebody's getting the Bible ran over them because they got metal in them, and I'm taking it to the extreme.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're put he has fake metal. You're putting real metal <laughs> in the equation. <laughs> like he can cut her hair with fake scissors, like with his hands. Could you imagine? Oh my god, no. No.
1: Like, for the rest of your marriage, you'd be, like, you ask for something, you're like, do you remember that time you cut my hair? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Wow, y'all, those are so good.
0: Thank y'all so much for sharing all of this stuff. Especially you, Rainbow. Thank you.
1: I mean, keep sending these in, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. We love getting them. We love reading them. Y'all are amazing, great writers, all the things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And remember, keep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.